welcome to the fourth episode of Conscious Awakening. Today we have the lovely uh, Colleen McMillan. And oh my gosh, I said that right. Like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and she has her company called Sound Heal Sound Love. And uh, we're here at her favorite spot, Oak Creek Trailhead. It's a uh, past Red Rock National Park. So you don't have to pay an entry fee to get here. And it's pretty much beautiful. Look, the sun just set. And that timing was just amazing. Um, so yeah, Colleen, can we just have you introduce yourself and give us a little background of your uh, with healing and sound therapy? Sure. So, um, so I have actually been a healer all my life. And it was funny because even when I was a kid and a, t- a teenager, I did crazy things on my friends. I did, I would hold my hands over them and they would feel better. And Mm -hmm. for a long time, when I was a young adult, I just kind of wrote that off as like, oh, we're just kids. We were pretending like, uh, you know, power of suggestion, Mm -hmm. placebo effect type of stuff. And then in the last couple of years, I was called to start doing a lot more singing and and then last year I had somebody tell me you know um well back up so I uh, woke up one day from a meditation and had this ball of light and I knew it was energy I was familiar enough with those types of things to understand what it was but I didn't know but I couldn't sense what was in it Mm -hmm. and so I went on a hike where we actually stopped here um And I turned out that I was hiking with somebody who was a Reiki master. And so I asked him, I was like, I have this ball of energy. I've had it for like a month and I don't know what to do with it. And he asked me if he could tap in and he was like, this is so strange. Like you're obviously a healer, but there's some other element. And he stopped and we had never met before. He's like, are you a musician? Mm-hmm. And I immediately started crying oh, no. <laughs> and was like, I used to be, but I'm not anymore. And, you know, I kind of left that behind. He's like, oh, honey, you have to use your music to heal. And so from there, I decided to get certified in Reiki. I started working on myself. And I don't know why I didn't make this connection before I started doing the work, but about two weeks in, I started, I was like, I wonder what would happen with this energy if I sang while Mm. I did it. And I started singing and doing Reiki on myself and it felt completely different. Really? Yes. Wait, did, wait, did you see it? Like, did you just see a ball or is it something that you just felt a ball? So I actually, when I closed my eyes, I could see the ball. It was all bright white energy. Mm. And um, so then when I started doing the Reiki on myself, the, that energy ball kind of dispersed. Mm. And all of a sudden it was being channeled instead of just Whoa, being contained. so cool. Yeah. Yeah, and so that's kind of where it started. Um, A lot of the techniques that I used, I kind of picked up intuitively and then went Mm -hmm. back and I'm like, why was I called to do this? So the singing bowls, um, the rattle, uh, and the tuning fork. You bought um, a tuning fork. I did. I love tuning forks. (laughs) So so of course, these are all very common tools um, that are used in traditional sound healing. Now, I am certified in Reiki, but I'm not certified in... Uh, vibrational sound healing. Mm-hmm. I do have friends who do that work. Highly recommend. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but again, very intuitively called to do it. Um, and we can talk about some of the tools if you want as well. Oh yeah, please. But, oh my um, gosh, I didn't even realize he brought the tuning fork. I mean, yeah, <laughs> that's the newest. That's the newest modality of sound therapy that I've I've used recently. Yeah. It was just a it was a fifteen minute one, but man, I was just like. Want more? <laughs> Isn't it so incredible? Yeah. It's so focused. I know, and she went all up on my body. <laughs> that's, that's that sounds funny, but like she <laughs> she used a tuning fork fork on um, very specific parts of my body, and I think at the end she used two at the same time, and I'm like, man, what's going on? Yeah. Uh, so, just uh, for anyone that's not familiar, what is sound therapy or sound healing? 
Sure. So sound healing, um, the idea is that uh, our bodies are all vibrations and electrical impulses. Um, so we are chemical reactions, we're electrical impulses, and all of our atoms vibrate at a certain frequency. <clears throat> Uh, everything in the world actually vibrates at a certain frequency and they're getting to the point where they can measure the frequencies of everything from rocks to food. Uh, and so when, um, when the vibrations in our bodies uh, start creating, maybe, maybe we're not eating well, we're not eating healthy food, or you know we've had some sort of trauma in our lives, some sort of... Um, you know, violence or anything like that, uh, the vibrations in our bodies get a little bit out of alignment with one another. So what uh, sound healing modalities do, the different instruments and things like that, is it helps to basically reharmonize the vibrations within the body. And so uh, your body is then the different chakras and everything are vibrating in harmony with one another. And this brings a feeling of sort of peace and wellness. Mm-hmm. And the, the fact that I love sound therapy is that, I mean, we, we touched on just general energy work before and about Reiki in the last episode, but the sound therapy, like, if you're trying to block something, you can't. Like, it just goes through everything. At, at least that's what I've, that's what I've learned. And, um, yeah, if you, I don't know, I really, if there are skeptics or anyone out there and about healing or not, uh, I just really recommend sound therapy maybe as a go-to because even if you're resistant to it like there's no there's no way your body can resist it if that makes sense sure well you know it's funny that brought up something for me so I was a I was a live sound engineer for 15 years wow and um one of the pieces of physics that we had to know about is how human bodies uh, interact with the sound waves that we're trying to push through a theater or an arena or things like that. And so it's actually proven uh, in physics that our bodies absorb sound waves. Um, so whether that's at a concert or that's from a singing bowl, it is a proven fact that um, because our bodies are mostly water, uh, the sound waves get absorbed, they don't pass through. Oh, so they get absorbed. Sorry, that that was the thing that wasn't oh, clarifying. Sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah cause every because how people have told me before it's just all that goes through it didn't really get absorbed so thank thank you for the clarification (laughs) sure yeah and it's a little bit um you know there there's still a leap to be made between the science and the spiritual side of it Mm -hmm. but we're coming closer and closer it's getting closer to have that balance between spirit and science which i know is for some people you're like no you can't have those two together but (laughs) a lot of us are getting more aware that we do have to bring them together to have such a balance just a balanced life yeah uh so look there goes my brain i didn't have any questions <laughs> that's all right um so going back to your experience of awakening i know you, one of the topics you really wanted to touch on was ascension and awakening um so how does that relate to the whole sound healing that you do so um one of the things that has happened for me in the past few years is uh, I, I've been experiencing different levels of awakening throughout my life. Um, certainly uh, in high school, I reached a point where I realized that I felt and saw things that other people didn't. And, uh, you know, at the time, they, my mom told me that it was something called being an empath. And so I knew that I was sensitive to other people's emotions and things like that. Uh, But really in the past three years, um, and what kicked this off was actually a traumatic experience. Mm. Um, I was sexually assaulted um, and, you know, went through that whole process of healing. and, And for some reason, that was, that was how I got back in touch with those sensitive parts of myself and I was able to use uh, some of those um, some of those experiences to really grow that empathy and to grow that sensitivity and and you hear that a lot Mm -hmm. people who go through very tough experiences uh, you know even as as terrible as wars and things like that uh, there are 
two ways that our brains will react. Uh, we, can, we either completely shut down and we cut ourselves off or we expand and we use that as uh, a, an impetus for us to become very, very kind and forgiving of others because we recognize the common struggle that we all share. So, um, so for me, uh, that was, it was unfortunately part of my awakening mm -hmm. was recognizing that, um, so many people are going through these experiences, uh, men and women and everybody in between, um, are experiencing, um, violence in the mm -hmm. world. And that is a product of fear. Mm -hmm. And uh, I believe that our fear-based society is shifting right now. Oh, yeah. And we are shifting, and like you've spoken about in your previous episodes, we are shifting over to a vibration of love. More people are understanding that it is a choice mm -hmm. um, and that we can consciously choose. And so I believe that those of us who are maybe a little further along the path of awakening have a responsibility to go back and be an example and help others come through their awakening process. And so I do that through the sound healing and through the Reiki, um, also through my music. And um, I think it's, I, it, it's a global um, phenomenon. The more people I talk to all over the world, the more people I hear are experiencing this, these similar effects. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think we're just shifting to a point where we're just not afraid to talk about this anymore because right. there are a lot of people that they probably experience like seeing or feeling things that aren't physical or like part of this physical realm, but they, they've just shut it out. Like you talk about, like we, we guard ourselves, but these, tra I feel like these traumatic experiences are the reasons why, I mean, even though those were induced from fear, it re makes you realize that you shouldn't be afraid anymore. It, yeah. and like the people that have gone through the most, are usually pe are the people who heal the most that's what I've that's what I've learned absolutely yeah so I mean it is unfortunate that you went through that but man you move forward and now you're here and now you're healing people and you're healing yourself that's the most important part because it always starts with just one person to set an example for others it really does and and I actually um so two things that that you saying that sort of reminded me I wanted to touch on or something that I've experienced this week is so last year, right around the time I got certified in Reiki 1, I had this recognition that I needed to forgive my attacker. Mm -hmm. And that seemed so impossible because how do you forgive? Because I feel like a lot of people see forgiveness as saying something's okay. Mm -hmm. And what I recognized, uh, what I've slowly been able to recognize in greater and greater expansiveness and detail is that forgiving somebody is not saying that what they did is okay it's simply recognizing their humanity mm -hmm. and what caused them to make that decision mm -hmm. and holding them in love and compassion for that it doesn't mean it's okay what they did mm -hmm. but recognizing that they didn't do that in a vacuum something made them feel powerless and feel fearful and that caused them to lash out mm -hmm. oh man i lost my thought no <laughs> ah! uh before because when i before i used to think of like forgiving kind of as like a sign not not so much as weakness but but in relative of you saying, like, it's okay, kind of just, like, shrugging it off. Right. And there are a lot of people that say, yeah, I forgive you, but they don't truly mean it. It's not, I feel like it's not until you fully understand um, the meaning of forgiveness is that you can't actually forgive whatever happened. I don't, because, I mean, people go through ups and downs all the time, we're relationships, we're human, but it's crazy that you say that because... I know some people who have unfortunately gone through the same thing, but they obviously have not forgiven. They just keep it stuck in there. And in turn, like, it's, it's staying stuck with them. And it's really hard for them to heal themselves because they don't recognize the power of forgiving. And, man, it's crazy. I, I need to show that part to her because <laughs> or some of the, just a lot of people that have gone through, you know, the whole hashtag me too thing that happened. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, it's it's amazing that a lot more people are becoming more like becoming more vulnerable with their stories and letting other people know that yeah, that that, that happened to me, but that I feel like a lot of those people still haven't forgiven. They're just kind of they're still kind of stuck in that limbo of like they took the first step of having people be aware that that happened, right. but now they have to take another step and forgive because sure. we're all we're all human. Yeah, we do we do things that are horrible, but at the same time, you got to look back, learn from it and then move forward. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, and um you know, there's there's a piece of that that I realized that I when I realized I wasn't able when I recognized that I wasn't able to forgive that person, I recognized simultaneously that there was a part of me that still couldn't forgive myself. Mm. Uh, that whole victim blaming thing, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I I wasn't able to forgive myself for getting in that situation. I was still listing all the things that I should have done or that I could have done mm-hmm. to avoid the situation in the first place. But you can't. Like, there's there's no going back. So. No. And so it really took me forgiving myself um, and recognizing that I am as human as the next person and forgiving myself not just for that, but for all of the other little things that I blamed myself for, for all of the people that I hurt mm-hmm. in my life. Um, and that was what allowed me to create that energy of compassion. And again, it doesn't make it okay. Um, it doesn't mean that that person was right or that, um, they shouldn't be punished, uh, you know, within whatever extent of the law or however that works, but just recognizing that, um, that we're, our world is so still so dictated by fear Mm -hmm. that, um, it's, this is going to sound super hippy dippy, but it's really only love <laughs> yeah. that's going to overcome that. Oh, yeah. yeah. And earlier, before, I used to not understand love. Like, people would tell me, oh, yeah, I love you. But in my head, I'm like, no, you don't. Right. Like, do you really know what love means? But that was still before I, I had awakened in love. I was just always having these questions of, like, what, what really is love? But now that I, with all the experiences that I've gone through so far... It is just, it's something that is crazy that we have such a portrayal of love in media everywhere, but that's actually not what love is. It's crazy. And um, I think it's amazing that more, I feel like more and more media is showing what love should be, unconditional. And even though there's still a lot out there that say like, oh, you should get married and have kids and all that. I that's love it's just I don't know I I forgot where I was going with that (laughs) (laughs) or that jealousy is love oh yeah yeah, yeah. you know those different types of vibrations that you know um being in possession of somebody is love Mm -hmm. you know and and really uh I think Uh, loving somebody in freedom and allowing them to be free to be themselves, including um, potentially leaving, mm-hmm. is true love. Mm-hmm. And recognizing that if them leaving and the dissolution of a relationship is actually going to help that person grow, that that is actually love. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I, whenever it came to love, I, after every experience I had, after you know every breakup or trauma or something I had, <clears throat> I just realized that labeling for me labeling it it, or labeling the relationship really gets to me and helps skews my relationship of or my idea of love because we have these labels of boyfriend girlfriend wife fiance and all of that but in reality like does that actually mean love (laughs) that that's one of the reasons I think so many people these days excuse me, uh, are shying away from the label of boyfriend or girlfriend or wife Mm -hmm. or husband or different things is because we feel the limiting um, beliefs that surround those words. And so, you know, my partner and I, we call each other partners. Mm -hmm. When somebody asks, is that your boyfriend? I'm like, well. I know. And like, yeah. I don't want to say yes. Yeah. Sometimes I just say yes. I'm like, I don't have time yeah. to explain this right now. But yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. And and for clarity of conversation, I mean, you can't, 
you can't stop a conversation every single time. Yeah. But, but yeah, I think that is one of the reasons that we're shying away from it is because those words are surrounded by limiting beliefs. Mm-hmm. And it sets expectations. It does. That's, that's the big thing. Like, there shouldn't be any, any expectations in love. Because um, if you do have expectations, then that's when you start to get hurt. Yeah. And um, we're totally off tangent from sound that's healing totally right now. Fun. But hey. <laughs> but it's, it's so related. Oh, it yeah. really is. Um, so much of, of healing um, involves relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's, that's exactly part of why we need to heal is so that we can connect more with people, not just in an intimate in an intimate setting, but also friendships, uh, mm-hmm. commu- building communities, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it's all relational. So yeah, like how we are. Yeah. <laughs> we're not that far off. <laughs> no, just a little bit. No, I'm just kidding. But, um, all right, let's, let's get back on track with sound healing. Okay. Here. So, uh, what time are we on? We're at, wow. We're only 20 minutes. What the heck? It feels <laughs> like we've been talking for hours. Right. Um, so do you, want to maybe give an example of how you um, go through a sound healing ceremony. Is it ceremony or just like a, a process? I don't sure. know what it's called. So, um, so my one-on-one sessions um, are a little bit different from, say, the healing circles that I do um, with my friend Eric. Uh, so in a one-on-one session, what I'll usually sit down and do is uh, I have some oracle cards. Uh, I also read runes, which oh, are... Oh, my God. Yeah. I used to play RuneScape, so, so that's... Oh, cool. <laughs> so okay. I was like, runes. So you're familiar. Yeah. So they're the Viking alphabet, and um, they're very, very ancient um, symbols that uh, I have a set. My mom actually gave me my first set. Aww. I must have been, like, 12 or 13. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, my mom... Thank you, Mom, for uh, for, <laughs> for getting me into the woo. Um, but uh, but I have a set that I use. Uh, they're actually engraved on amethyst, which oh, is that's so, so beautiful. cool. Um, so I'll start. Uh, I'll have uh, the person pick one, and we'll kind of we'll infuse whatever the intention they brought into that, and then see what the rune or the card says. And that's kind of how, how we'll take our focus. Mm-hmm. So then um, I work, uh, I sing as well as do the Reiki while I'm singing, as well as use the instruments. And I'll start just usually fairly quietly. I'll either use a singing bowl or I have a couple of songs that I like to sing when I first start that just sort of set that space and set that intention. And, uh, and I'll usually work uh, through the chakras. Um, and from there, it's a little bit intuitive. Mm. Um, you know, whatever's calling me um, from there, then I'll spend more time on that area of the body or on that energy center. Uh, I also use essential oils. I believe that plants uh, and the medicines that we derive from plants are very, very pow- powerful. Oh, yeah. Um, and the less synthesized we can get, the better. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, so, you know, obviously uh, the creation of, a, of an essential oil is a distillation process, so there is processing there, but it does create a very concentrated medicinal um, liquid. Mm-hmm. So I use um, different scents for different things. Um, you know, some of my favorites, of course, are sage and Palo Santo yes. for clearing. Ooh, I love Palo Santo. <laughs> yes, yes. And then frankincense, of course, is very well known for connecting you to spirit mm. um, and allowing you to be open to um, the more uh, sensitive energies mm. in the room. And so I'll use scents. Um, I'll use sound. Um, I'll even uh, every once in a while I will use touch. Um, very gently, uh, and it's very dependent on who I'm working on because some some of the work that I do is with uh, sexual trauma and abuse and violence and things like that. That's something that I actually am starting to specialize in. Oh, wow. Yeah, and so, you know, those situations can be very delicate, and yeah. I always talk to people if I'm going to touch them. Um, sometimes I... This is still somewhat rare, but sometimes I will get a very clear picture in my head. And I'm like, okay, I'm seeing this. Do you know what this might mean? Mm -hmm. Um, And if they don't, then I will ask uh, 
I will ask my intuition, my inner knowing or spirit, um, if there's any more detail that I can get from it. Sometimes they know exactly what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and most of the time you don't know them, right? Um, some, sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the time the work that I end up doing is much deeper than anything that we've talked about. Oh, yeah. So That's what I meant. Yeah. Like you kind of know them on the surface, but this, yeah. is, this is when you really dig deep. <laughs> Yeah. And then, of course, you know, my sessions are always confidential Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, I want to create a safe space for people to process and especially release whatever it is that needs to come up. And that is the thing that I think is so important for us to know uh, is that when an emotion comes up, say in a case of PTSD or abuse or something like that, when you have when we have a flashback uh, it is an emotion that we stored during that event Mm. and it's asking us to feel it and then release it Mm -hmm. and so that's something that Reiki and sound healing can kind of help shake loose so it can sometimes be a little disturbing in the moment because it's a very strong emotion that comes up and so you know, I always just let people know when they're experiencing that, you know, sometimes there's a there's a purge, there's coughing or crying or things like that, that, you know, they are in a space where they can they can release that in whatever way it needs to come out. Mm-hmm. So um, that is something that can happen. Um, so then as I work through, um, I'll usually focus on one thing or another, and then I'll start to feel sort of that the energy in the room is clearing Um, and, and I'll be like, okay, I think we're almost done here. So then I'll work through the chakras again and kind of close everything up, uh, seal the practice and then let the person know that, you know, they're in a space where they can start to sort of come back to their bodies, Mm -hmm. um, to their physical bodies. Yes. (laughs) We have to clarify. (laughs) Yeah. You're like, what are you talking about? Um, and, uh, and that usually seals the session and then I always make sure um, usually I'll do about an hour to an hour and 15 minutes of Reiki mm-hmm. <clears throat> or sound healing uh, but then I always build in uh, anywhere from 15 to 20 to 30 minutes of time before to talk as well as time afterwards for integration mm. because these things that come up you know a lot of times Right afterwards, we're not entirely sure what to make of them, but if we have just a little bit of time to process and speak about them, mm-hmm. then then we can leave and at least we have a direction to go um, where we're not just on the road on the way home and all of a sudden we're like, oh my gosh. You're like, oh, you know? what just happened? <laughs> no, so. but I love that because I feel like if you talk about it and the fact that you're there to listen, I mean... Some people out there just feel really alone, and a lot of people out there feel like they have nobody to talk to. So the fact that you you take that time and actually listen to what they have to hear about what they just went through, or just any questions about what happened, I just think that's beautiful. So, yeah, um, man, it sounds like your sessions are so intense because you're like using everything. Well, not everything. <laughs> It's whatever comes to you, that session, I'm assuming. A lot of times, yeah. I, I do have a general structure, but at the same time, I do always, I never, uh, I said always and now I'm saying never. Um, <laughs> I never want to, I, I never want my knowledge to dictate a session. Mm-hmm. I only want it to inform my intuition, mm-hmm. right? And to help so, complement it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Oh, that's so cool. So, um, so for example, what can you can you kind of give us an example of a sound like what you do? Sure. With with your instruments or with your lovely voice. <laughs> sure. So um, the one thing that I've been really excited about, and I actually was just about to do an Instagram post about it, um, was the shaker. So I'm going to shake it just a little bit. It's probably going to be super loud. No, 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 you're fine. I'm going to check the level. Totally fine. Okay. So um, this shaker, incidentally, I bought in Peru. Ugh, I had <laughs> no idea at the time. I, When I traveled to Peru, my mom and I went. We went to see Machu Picchu. We were much more of just like we're there to be tourists. Mm-hmm. And so I had sort of read about some of the healing stuff that they did in Peru, but that wasn't what we were there for. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, 
I really didn't know what this was. I just knew that I had to buy it. Mm -hmm. And so I have been carrying this around for 12 years. Oh, wow. That's a long Um, time. (laughs) I have moved so many times and a couple of times considered just giving it away because I was afraid it was going to deteriorate. I wasn't using it. And all of a sudden I was doing a session in my home and I was like, where is that shaker? And it was sitting on my piano at the time Mm -hmm. or on my keyboard. And I was like, I need this. And I started using it to clear energy Mm. as things were coming up for the person. And uh, so I started using it that way in all of my sessions. And I got a chance to speak to a medicine man and ask him, Mm -hmm. Um, I was like, so I started doing this kind of intuitively in my sessions. And I was wondering if you had any idea if I was doing it right. (laughs) And he was like, well, first of all, if your intuition told you to do it, you're probably doing it right. Yeah. I was like, yes. (laughs) But um, he did say that in many traditions, it's either um, usually leaves or feathers or rattles are used to clear energy in a space. Oh, wow. And so, um, you know, I knew it. But it was so nice to have that affirmation and that, that confirmation. confirmation. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because yes. I didn't knew that know that before until um, Renee, she's an aura photographer that I will uh, have a conversation with soon. In one of our aura photo sessions, she brought out a rattle, and I was like, "Wow, that's the first time I've ever experienced anything like that." But I don't know what this one was different. That was, I think, my third aura session or aura photo session with her, and she had never brought the rattle out. Wow. Before. So I don't know. Maybe there is just something like really powerful from for all of us that she needed to use it for. But that that was my first experience. And um, I love how yours looks. I've never seen anything like it. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's so interesting. So, you know, these are little seed pods. Um, from the Amazon and they've just been woven together with some string and they're tied to um, probably a bamboo stick Um, and I'm sure that this is like you know a somewhat mass-produced thing I'm sure that I bought it I'm pretty sure I got it in Machu Picchu Mm -hmm. um, at the same time that I got a pan flute Um, (laughs) and uh, and yeah so I've just been carrying it around and all of a sudden here's why I I bought it 12 years ago. Hey, you never know. <laughs> yeah. That's one thing we've talked about too, just sometimes you learn about something at a certain time, but it's just, you have that knowledge, but you don't really use it until like five to 10 years later. And you're like, yeah. wow, that's why I got it. Or that's why I learned that. Or it's crazy. Just times, the concept of time is just strange to me. <laughs> it, yeah. That's, that's a whole other podcast. Yeah, I know. Right? <laughs> like somebody needs to take another two hours on that at least. Oh my gosh. Yes. But that's crazy. The 12 years ago. And, and you just recently started like what? A couple years ago, maybe? Uh, like a year ago. Oh, like a year started ago? Started using it. Oh wow. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. Now less actually. Less. So, so, so super recent. Relatively yeah. recent. Uh, wow. And then so with the tuning fork, um, um, so the tuning forks are interesting. Uh, they all have certain frequencies, um, that correspond to different chakras and different energy centers in the body. So, um, this one is 528 Hertz, which is associated with the heart chakra. Mm -hmm. Um, it is also considered to be one of the fundamental frequencies of the universal vibration. Mm. So, um, and of the, and of the earth. And I actually use it of course to open the heart, but I also use it a lot of times for grounding because mm. I find that some of the people I work on, especially if they're already aware of this type of medicine is, uh, we want to be up in our upper chakras, yep. constantly exploring. That's totally me. I am guilty of that. <laughs> I'm actually at the point right now where I'm like wait I really need to ground myself because I've been like way up here now I gotta be kind of more closer to the ground you know trying to be centered but yeah it's funny that you mentioned that so like I need that right now (laughs) yeah and so I'll actually I'll um I'll use it on people's feet Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and, and I don't, they don't even, they can be wearing socks or they can have a blanket over them and it still goes through. Um, and it, like you said, so many of us, because we're spiritual seekers, we want to live up in these higher chakras and we forget that the earth itself is a spiritual body Mm -hmm. and that we in connecting with the earth and that, um, 
I, I really feel that, that this return to the d- divine feminine and all of that has a lot to do with that. Um, us understanding that the earth has an energy that we should respect and, uh, and use um, because the energy is infinite. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, the natural resources themselves are not, mm-hmm. but, uh, but the energy of it is infinite and we can draw from that. And, and so much of what we do um, in the world of spiritual seekers um, is up here in these upper chakras and we don't address um, our feelings of safety and our feelings of being grounded in a community mm-hmm. or in a home. Feeling rooted. Yes, Yeah. exactly. Um, and that feeling of one-on-one connection, community connection. And, uh, and then, of course, moving up in the chakras, our personal power. Mm-hmm. And those are all lower chakra things that, that we want to address and we want to acknowledge, um, just as the same as our connection to spirit and the light of the universe and whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. So. Whatever you believe in. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, it's just ever since I started to started by Dirty, I really also focus more on balance because it's funny so I'm a Libra like yeah scales I'm supposed to be balanced but I feel like my entire life I've always just been like here and then one point I'm just like here like I'm always on the very extreme sides of the spectrum (laughs) but ever since I've really focused on um, balancing myself um, like on the third episode I just feel like life is good like yeah because I it just when everything is centered, everything just falls into place. Like, there's just puzzle pieces just falling into place. I don't know. That's just how I see it. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's that deep peace mm-hmm. that you start to gain as you, you know, you have this sometimes very dramatic awakening, right? Um, some people have a very dramatic awakening. Some people have a gradual one. But it's a little disorienting. And you and we adjust to that new energy and recognize some places that might be out of balance, that might be something that we need to address. And then we start to address those things that maybe happened in our childhood or things that um, that made us feel ungrounded or like we don't have a sense of home. And when we do that, we start to just come into ourselves. And and like I said, it's a very, very deep peace Mm -hmm. that um that is just so beautiful even if even if you can only get a glimpse of it at first you're like okay I know what it is you're like I have experienced it yes I am okay and I will be okay yeah (laughs) yeah yeah that's what it's just also the importance of affirmations and your intentions like if I mean sometimes I still am kind of out of whack but if I do have that intention okay okay I'm going to balance myself going to be okay then it'll really it really is powerful just it just really setting is. that and then it'll come and then you're like okay I'm back I'm balanced again sometimes you just need that unbalancing to come back to be balanced yeah absolutely <laughs> that point when you're like oh we have to go through all these you know discombobulations that's not what you said but there is a meme that one of my very spiritual friends said it was like one of those comparison things with like what healing people or what people think healing is like and it's just like an arrow going up but it's actually what it actually is it's like an arrow and then it's like tangled all up in the middle and then it goes all the way up so I just thought that I was just funny because shout out to Aluni I just love that yes thank you for that (laughs) it's a very accurate depiction of what healing actually is absolutely um there are so many wonderful memes about that too oh yeah i I, I just want to share all of them on, like, one page. I guess that's what Tumblr is for. Oh, my God. I love Tumblr. <laughs> Do you still use it? Um, I have actually never been a Tumblr person. Oh, really? I, I don't have my own Tumblr page, but I do follow other people's. Oh, nice. Yeah, so. I used to be all up, all up in a Tumblr. Not anymore, though. <laughs> it was one of those things that sucked out a lot of my time. Oh, my gosh. That was one of the reasons I avoided it is because uh, I, yeah. I saw my propensity to get sucked into anything yeah just hours and hours of scrolling yes (laughs) but hey there's some good stuff on tumblr that really helped me yeah um so last thing the the singing bowl or tibetan bowl are they interchangeable no they're not they are so um 
There are Tibetan singing bowls, mm -hmm. and that is the tradition, uh, I believe, in which they originated. Uh, they are manufactured now in all different types of places. Um, and so you can find new ones that are machine-made. Uh, you can still find some that are handmade by Tibetan monks. And that's actually something uh, in certain practices that the monks spend their entire lives creating one singing bowl. Wow. Um, and of course, since they're monks, they usually don't have, uh, you know, direct heirs. Yeah. And so they'll often pass them off to uh, family members who have no idea what they are. <laughs> um, and so it's funny because uh, I, uh, a friend of mine, Jason, who's actually a sound healer um, here in town, he told me about there's, there's a man who lives in L.A. He goes around to different small villages in Asia and asks people if they have been gifted a singing bowl. And if they have one and, you know, usually it's up in like an attic or some sort of loft or something, they have no idea or they're using it. Oh, it, it kind of just sits there. Yeah. Or they're using it for food. They're using oh. it for rice or <laughs> something funny. like that. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's one way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, what he does is he will actually educate them about what they're used for and show them how to use it. And then if and, and let them know that some of them, some of the older ones do have lead and poisonous things in them. Mm. And uh, so it's... If, if they don't want to learn how to use it, if they don't care, he will purchase it um, at a fair price, bring it back to the States and sell it to sound healers here. So there are channels where sound healers here in the States and all over the world can get very, very ancient bowls. Oh, wow. Um, and the guy actually makes sure that the people he sells them to... Uh, are actually going to use them for sound healing and they're not just like art collectors oh, or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, um, so there are all these cool traditions around it. Uh, but of course, you know, uh, the ones that I own currently are machine-made. Um, I bought them here in Vegas um, from a vendor called The Mustard Seed. Um, she she and her family are usually around at a lot of the farmer's markets and oh, First wow. Friday and I've everything. Never heard of, I've never heard of them before. Yeah. The Mustard Seed, right? Yeah, cool. yeah. A, an amazing family, and they have all kinds of cool stuff. But the singing bowl, uh, there are two ways you can use it. Um, you can uh, use the soft side of the mallet to just make a sound like this. That was amazing through the headphones. Was it? <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> um, and so that's a way you can actually put it on somebody's body and their bodies, again, like we spoke about, will absorb the frequencies. Um, and the other way that you can use it is you can actually use uh, the hard side of the mallet it to um, rotate around the outer perimeter of the bowl. And that creates a sustained tone mm -hmm. that you can use for um, for sort of a different type of energy. Um, I like to I like to use it both ways, actually. Mm -hmm. um, usually, if I start at the beginning of a session, I'll use the mallet just to create a single tone, and then as I get deeper into the work and I'm called to, I will uh, create the sustained tone and actually sometimes sing over it. Mm. Um, and so that was actually the part that was so interesting for me is the singing side of things. Mm -hmm. So I learned from a woman who does kundalini yoga. Um, she actually was living here in Las Vegas for about a year. Her name is Bachan. And uh, she taught a really cool um, class uh group singing class it was sort of a kirtan oh. type of thing uh, called voice of the soul and one of the nights that i went she introduced us to the fact that different vowel sounds are associated with different chakras in the body oh i had no idea right i was so excited to find that out because like i said so much of the work um, as i've come into it has been intuitive mm -hmm. and i've always wondered or kind of worried when I'm singing just syllables and vowel sounds, like I've always worried a little bit that maybe I'm singing in a language that 
I don't know yeah. is something terrible. Yeah. Or something like, like am that. Am I saying bad words? No, I just. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that really was a fear for me at first. Um, and so, uh, so when I found that out, I started being much more conscious of the vowel sounds I used and um, the different consonants. Uh, because of course all the chakras have different um, different tones as well uh, so so for instance uh, the root chakra is associated with the vowel sound uh so as in uh, as in as in the word cup mm. and so you can feel when you sing the word uh like uh you can get really deep down into yeah. your body and it's a very relaxed kind of grounded tone and then um you know, the higher chakras uh, are um, associated with more like E sounds. So, oh, I gotcha. so the crown chakra is E. Yeah. And there's even a scale in Kundalini that's associated with it. And it's sort of like our Western Do, Re, Mi, Fa, So, oh, Ti, yeah. Do. Oh my gosh, I scale. forgot about that. Yeah. Oh, music class is my favorite. It was too. I'm actually, I'm teaching a young girl um, the solfege syllables right Aww. now and it's so fun. You're like, it's taking me back. <laughs> totally. So, um, so all of those things are connected. And for me, that consciousness of those vowel sounds and everything made me so much more it really enriched my practice mm-hmm. and the, the work that I did on people. So that was something that I found really fascinating about the singing. And so sometimes in my sessions, I'll sing songs that I've already written. Mm-hmm. And other times I will just straight channel something and I don't know where it's coming from. Sometimes I can't even remember it afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, I will sometimes with the, with the person's permission, I'll record mm-hmm. the session. And if they want a copy, I'll send it to them. But I also will use some of that as inspiration for my songs. Oh, wow. Um, like the song. Oh, yeah, that's another thing, too. You produce music. I do. Yes. yes. <laughs> we forgot to mention that earlier. Yeah. So is that what you meant? Like you would use that inspiration for your produced music? Yeah. Yeah. So I do record some of my music and um, it's interesting because some of the songs that have come to me are so just directly from source. Um, mm-hmm. One of the songs that I released over the summer, I had been having this... Uh, do we have time for another story? Oh, yeah, of okay. course. I'll so, let you know when we're at, like, the 55-minute mark. Okay, cool. <laughs> so um, in some of my healing sessions that I had other people do on me, I kept getting this message about my breathing and how my breathing was the basis of everything that I do. It was, of course, the basis of meditation Mm -hmm. and mindfulness, but it was also um, the foundation of my connection with other people. And so I found that at the time um, I was doing financial planning, and so there was a bit of sales involved in that. Mm -hmm. And I found that if I took a moment and connected to that deep belly breath, that I was able to be much more open to what the person actually needed Mm-hmm. rather than what I thought they needed, mm. you know, and that's such an important part of, you know, I believe that everybody needs a little bit of financial planning. Everybody needs a little bit of Reiki, you know, all of those things. But if we're coming purely from a sales perspective and trying to make the sale rather than trying to connect with the person mm-hmm. and understand what it is they actually need yeah. to make them feel better, help them learn what's best for them, then exactly. Then, uh, you know, then we are actually contributing in a positive way, mm-hmm. right? Even, and, and, you know, especially when there's an exchange of money energy, yeah. right? So uh, checking in with my breath um, in those conversations, checking in when, with my breath when I'm having a hard conversation with my friends or, or with my partner. Um, shout out to Dax. Yeah, I love you, Dax. <laughs> everybody loves Dax. I know, everybody really does like Dax. If somebody doesn't like Dax, I'd be like, what the heck, man, what you doing? <laughs> it's so true. But, you know, in, in the course of a relationship, we have to have those hard conversations. And really taking that moment to check in with my own breath helped me understand what was an emotion I was feeling from a past relationship Mm -hmm. versus something that needed to be addressed in our present relationship. And so, you know, that breath. And so the, 
the breath just ended up becoming this thing that just kept recurring in all of my sessions and all of this stuff. And finally in April, I made the decision to leave my day job. And I was having a conversation with somebody that I sang with um, and he was leaving town, moving back to Texas. And so we were just having dinner and like trying to really wrap things up for mm -hmm. ourselves. And I had this moment where I was like, so I've decided to leave my job. And he's like, good for you, <laughs> you know, because he's been he's been uh, a musician all his life mm -hmm. and never really did like any kind of full time job or anything like that for very long. He's like, good for you. You know, how does it feel? And I was like, you know. It just feels like breathing finally. Yes. Oh my gosh. I didn't know you left your day job. So woo, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. It's been wonderful. It's it's been scary, but but the universe just keeps letting me know that it's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. So um so then from that conversation, I had to go somewhere else that night. And I remember pulling into the parking lot and I literally downloaded two verses and a chorus of a song and like had to sit in my car in the parking lot and play my ukulele Aww. and like record the song. <laughs> like right then and there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, oh, um, wait, if anyone doesn't know what a download is. Oh, yeah, <laughs> sure. So um, a download is, I think in more old school terms, it is a flash of inspiration. Mm -hmm. It's one of those things where you receive a piece of information. Uh, some people believe it's from God or from source or however you want to term it, um, or it's some kind of internal knowing, but it comes fully formed. Mm -hmm. And you're like, I know exactly what all of this is about. I know how to talk about it or I know how to sing about it. And, uh, and you're able to just make that immediate connection. And it's a beautiful place to be in because a lot of times the information just kind of trickles in. Yeah. And it's a slow uncovering. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> okay, sorry. Go back to your story. I just wanted to make sure that people knew what a download is. You know, sure. Nowadays, downloads, you know, like downloading some music off your internet or something like that. <laughs> I mean, that's where it came from, though, is, you know, we get that whole file all at once. Mm -hmm. Right? So, um, so, yeah, that, that was actually mostly the end of the story was that I downloaded this song and it ended up being all about how everything we do is just like breathing. So um, I used the word goddess, but it really just meant divinity. Mm -hmm. So the goddess is just like breathing. Healing is just like breathing. Music is is breathing. Mm -hmm. You know, music is a breath moving through time. Have you, you released know? this song yet? Or I is have. This oh my I God, have. I have to go listen to it. Ah. Yeah, it's on SoundCloud and Bandcamp right now. And I'm working on getting carried on the major on the major um cool yeah i'll uh, have to go carriers. listen to that after after this uh little conversation <laughs> but, but we, we are on the 52 minute mark okay so if you have anything that you wanted to say that i haven't asked you about or if you haven't touched up on then uh. <laughs> no no i mean you asked some great questions and i i definitely got to touch on some of the things that have been on my mind in the past few weeks so thank you so much Yay, no thank you i'm just i'm just so glad that people are so like people such as yourself are just so down to be vulnerable in front of a camera and an audio and, and you never know where this is going to end up. Absolutely. I definitely had a tiny bit of nervousness. I think everybody <laughs> does, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was funny because she just, uh, I think the last time I saw you before I saw you at the coffee shop last week was like months ago. Yeah. And But it was funny, like when I was coming up with this podcast, I definitely... I was with Dax, so I was like, wait a second, Colleen would be amazing to talk about sound healing and sound therapy. And then you showed up probably like a week after I thought about that <laughs> idea. So yeah, that's another thing that just fell into place. And yeah, when I asked you, you were kind of like, sure. But I, I just straight up asked you, hey, do you want to be on my podcast? And then I didn't, I didn't fully explain what it was. But sure. once I did, you were like, oh yeah, I'd love to. So Yay. Yeah. Well, and I will say that that reaction is still a part of me that I'm getting much better at releasing. <laughs> um, but I think we all go through this when we recognize our path in life mm -hmm. and the works that we're supposed to do in our lives, that there is fear around it. There's a fear of stepping out. There's a fear of, you know, to use to use a euphemism, being out of the closet. Mm -hmm. Um 
And so, so that was my hesitation. It wasn't about your podcast. No, 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 no. I was like, if she's asking me, she obviously thinks that I have something to contribute. <laughs> yeah. But it was much more just like... <gasps> no, it's. I didn't take it personally. I was just like, <laughs> maybe I should explain more about what it's about. And then she would probably be more excited about it. Sure. <laughs> ah, so uh, maybe, can you tell everyone where we can find you on the internet? Sure. So um, I am on Facebook and Instagram as at soundheels.love. Uh, that is also my website, which is under construction, but there's a landing page, so you can go there. Um, and then I am on SoundCloud and Bandcamp as Texas Pine. And I just, I'm about to have my artist profile on Spotify. Woo! So far, there's only one release there, but we'll get there. Uh, so Texas Pine is my artist name, and it's also the name of my company, which is Texas Pine Productions. Um, real quick on that, I am from Texas. And uh, my my grandmother used to tell me that I was going to be so tall. Um, <laughs> and so, and she had all these pine trees in her backyard. So that's sort of where that name came from. Thank you, Grandma. Um, and And she was just a lovely person. And if I can get really weird for a minute, she still actually comes to me Aww, um, no, that's amazing. in different ways and mm-hmm. lets me know that I'm going to be okay. <laughs> well, that's beautiful. Shout out to grandma. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was going to ask you how your name came up, but you already, you read my mind. <laughs> A little telepathy right there. Well, <laughs> just kidding. Um, so, um, so I, I, I guess that's it. Like, you have anything else to say? <laughs> um, you know what? I would love to do a little bit of a demonstration. Oh, yes. No, if please. That would be okay. No, that would be amazing. Yeah. Okay. So it'll take me just a minute to sort of center. Of course. But I thought I might try a little bit of this with the singing and the singing bowl. So let me know uh, about the levels. I'll kind of check in with you. And I'm pretty sure. You can give me an up or down. All right. <laughs> Oh, I'm just going to lay down. My foot is like asleep. Oh, no. Okay. (laughs) All right. Go ahead whenever you're ready.
<sighs> thank you. And thank you. <laughs> oh my gosh, that was amazing. Thank you so much for doing that. I completely forgot to ask you to do that. <laughs> sure. Well, you mentioned it um, when we spoke about it. And so I was like, okay, yeah, I think I can do that. Yeah. So. Yay. Well, thank you so much for sharing your, I don't, I don't know, gifts. Like, I don't know. It's just, just your power to heal. It is. It is a gift to share. Um, and, oh, that's the thing that I always want to remind people of. Uh, when we um, share our gifts, uh, it heals us as well. Mm. So whether we're healers or we're people that are connecting the community, it it moves through us and into the community. So we're healing ourselves as well as the people around us. Yeah. Oh, that was beautiful. That was a great last remark. Thank you so much again. Uh, I'm going to go bliss out and listen to her new song. <laughs> so make sure to check her out on SoundCloud, Bandcamp, Facebook, Instagram, and her website. That'll be up and running soon. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much, Rosemary. Yay, thank you. Woohoo.